Okay, hey guys, welcome to Consume, a podcast by me, Bert and Olivier, where I talk about all the things I consume, and uh, it's also like my personal public journal. I gotta, I gotta nail down my copy for that. I keep bouncing around. Anyways, I gotta say, this week, I'm really, uh, I feel like I'm mentally hitting a wall with, uh, with this podcast. <laughs> you know, like, why I even do it, uh, what's the point, um... I don't know. It's still kind of fun. I think I've just been, I've been really tired this week and I don't know why exactly. I keep feeling like I want to take naps. Maybe it's just because I'm working uh, more. (laughs) Even though work is so ridiculously easy, it's still just a lot of sitting around. Uh, Maybe it's the way I've been eating. I've been trying to get better eating. You know, when I was talking about my, like, chest hurting and all that discomfort and everything I was feeling, I think I figured it out. I think maybe I was just sick, but, like, I feel totally good now, but I was trying a new thing for breakfast, so I was going to just say that I've been doing protein shakes for breakfast because I felt ashamed to admit that I I tried out Huel or human fuel. You know, it's like Soylent or whatever. It's like one of those, like, uh you know, protein shakes that are, like, nutritionally complete, so it's, like, a meal replacement shake. I don't know why. I guess it just feels silly, so I felt, like, ashamed (laughs) to admit that that's what it was, but whatever. Um, I tried the Huel things for a while, and then I stopped drinking those a few days ago, and I feel better, so I guess I'm allergic to something in there. I I still need, I haven't even looked at, like, the list of ingredients since I've come to this realization. Granted, I don't even know if that'll help, but yeah, physically, I do feel a lot better. It makes me want to take, I need to take one of those like allergy tests or food sensitivity tests or something to try and figure it out. I'm supposed to have a uh, a phone call doctor appointment, uh, I think next week. It's like a follow-up to see how I'm doing on the Lexapro that she, uh, the doctor prescribed me for my anxiety, which we thought might have been causing the chest pains. Which I will say, the Lexapro, I feel like it is making me feel better. I catch myself feeling just like generally in a good mood and happier uh, more often lately. Which I feel like I have to thank the Lexapro for that, for like shifting my brain chemicals a little bit. Because I'll feel like happy going to work. Granted, I do like my job because it's, you know, really easy. But I don't know. It's weird. It feels weird to like all of a sudden catch myself and be like, "Hey, you're you're like smiling and shit. You're in a good mood." It feels feels weird, but it's nice. But yeah, besides that, I don't know. I just been feeling more tired and like I was going to record on Sunday night. It's now Tuesday night, 11 p.m. I was going to record on Sunday, but I wasn't feeling it. I thought I was going to record yesterday, but I wasn't feeling it. I don't know. So all my reviews are going to suck cuz I already forgot. Especially I don't books I'll look at the list in a minute, but I already don't remember any of the comics I read last week. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Also, today I uh, I dropped Dexter off at the airport earlier. He went to Vegas to hang out with some of the, our uh, friends from back home. They went there for the NFL draft. Uh, so I got the house to myself till Sunday, which is exciting. I, I uh, And I, I was supposed to work Thursday, but the teacher for the kids class has a cold. So my shift got canceled, so now I have two full days with the house myself and nothing to do. So it's going to be very exciting. It's just going to be me doing the things I usually do, but a lot more walking around in my boxers. 
maybe I'll try sleeping naked. I don't think I've ever done that in my life. But hey, we got we to go crazy and do something to take advantage of all this time. But anyways, I guess we'll start talking about consumption. Oh, so today, after I dropped Dexter off, I went to... He went to this donut shop. He walked there the other day. It's called Big Jim's Donuts. It's like down by Melrose. Uh, Dexter walked there and he got like these donuts that uh, he got me a cool like chocolate chip, chocolate bar thing the other day. And he told me they have a veggie sub on the menu. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go try that veggie sub. Uh, so I went, I got it. Uh, the sub was fine. You know, I think it like, cause there's a, there's a donut shop up in Van Nuys that has my favorite veggie sandwich in all of LA uh, that I've tried at least. And I was hoping for like the same magic here. And like the ingredients inside this sub were pretty good, but the bread wasn't matter. Like at the one up in Van Nuys, they, uh, they have this nice, like crusty, like, fresh like roll you know but here they just use like generic like sub subway sub bread that they took out of a bag from the grocery store which whatever it was fine it was was still a pretty good sandwich but i got this passion fruit soda and i ordered it thinking oh you know it's just like a syrup and a soda it'd be fine but no the woman like went to the cold case and like took out passion fruit like actual fresh passion fruit and like crushed it up and like made me a fucking fresh passion fruit juice soda and it was fucking great there were like seeds in it and shit which you know not the best texturized but like it was cool i was i just was not expecting that it was a very good soda i think it was pretty expensive though it might have been like i don't know i got a sandwich a soda and then one donut and it cost me like 16 bucks so but whatever she worked she worked hard on that soda and i appreciated it <laughs> oh also uh while we're on food the other day uh, for lunch when I was working the full day up at the nature center. The closest thing to the nature center is a Del Taco. And so I went and I decided to do the two for six, eight layer veggie burritos. So I could get like, you know, one burrito for then and one for later. And I was looking at the customization menu and down at the very bottom, they ask you uh, for the burrito if you want to go bold, which is <laughs> adding fries and secret sauce to the burrito. Uh, and it was fucking fantastic top immediate top tier del taco item i'm gonna order that all the goddamn time now so i highly suggest if you go to del taco get a burrito and go bold you won't regret it (laughs) anyways uh let's get to the content so i read the comics that i bought last week i already can't remember there was a good flash team up in nightwing batman superman world's finest was fun they did some stuff with the doom patrol Supergirl and Robin were in it, and they apparently have some type of antagonistic relationship. It's cute. I like that. Uh, Batman the Knight. This is the story that Chip Zdarsky's telling about Batman's origin when he's out learning, and this was him getting to the dojo where he learns to be a ninja. You know, it was a pretty good take on it, but, you know, nothing too special in there. Uh, Read the final issue of Kelly Thompson and Elena Casagrande's Black Widow run. They only got to 15 issues, which is a shame. It's been a fucking fantastic run, so uh, it's a shame that they're ending. Hopefully they get to come back at some point. But I definitely highly recommend if you see these Black Widow by Kelly Thompson books, uh, grab them. They're a good time. And then I finished, this week I finished two short story collections, uh, Men Without Women which is stories by Haruki Murakami, and then I finished a collection of Hellboy short stories called Odd Jobs. And I can't... They're both good. I gave them both four stars. They're both, you know, fine collections of stories, though I can't... 
give a proper view because I already can't remember because I spaced out my reading of these so much. Because I do this dumb thing where I like to like read something, like one chapter of something, and then I'll read a chapter of something else and like bounce around. And then, you know, I'm reading all these comics. So my memory is terrible. But <laughs> uh, Men Without Stories is good. You have the Drive My Car story in there. You got like a story about a guy who owns a jazz uh, bar very Murakami, so that's good too. Um, a very weird one about, uh, called Samza and Love, which is about, I guess, a roach turning into Gregor Samza, which is from some Russian thing that I can't remember, but I know it's the, the Metamorphosis or whatever. I can't remember the name of the writer. Who cares? Uh, but yeah, it's a good collection. I, and I actually got another collection of Murakami stories that I just started earlier today. I'll probably be reviewing next week if I can remember any of it. Uh, and then I got, and then Hellboy Odd Jobs. It was pretty good. It's like 200 pages. It's like all the stories are about 10 10 pages. Can't really remember. Like there's some fun ones. Greg Rucka had a good one in there. Um, there's one called I Had Bigfoot's Baby about a woman who gets kidnapped by Bigfoot and they end up having a loving family. But also there's a drug ring running through the parks that are using a fake Bigfoot to cover up uh, their drug smuggling. And then Hellboy and the real Bigfoot take them down. It's a fun time. Uh... But yeah, I don't know. It's just, if you like Hellboy, you'll like these. They're fun little stories that don't have much bearing on any of the continuity. Uh, and there's some cool illustrations by Mike Mignola in there. Each story gets its own illustration. Though I do have a problem with, like, the actual format of the book. It's these, like, slightly oversized editions, so they can be kind of skinnier. They're, like, in between comic book size and, like, small paperback size and so they're a little bigger so they can be like a little skinnier but it makes the pages wider and like that there's like too much it feels like too much text on the page like my eyes have to travel too much across <laughs> these wide pages you know when compared to a regular book but i also got two more of these hellboy collections on my shelf to read and i think there's even a third one that i don't have i've been slowly inching my way towards buying all of hellboy after reading it all last year, I want to own all of it now so I can reread it again with my own copies and uh, I'm slowly getting there. Anyways, that's enough rambling about books. Let's get to movies. Uh, watched a decent handful. First up, we watched Time Cop from 1994 with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, and I... <sighs> I'll admit, I wasn't paying the best attention during this. Mostly I was distracted thinking about how time travel worked. So it's like... I don't know, some of the rules just didn't mesh. So Jean-Claude Van Damme, it's 1994 when the movie takes place. He agrees to be a time cop. The government has just found out about time travel. They decide to make a uh, group of people, the time enforcement something or whatever, TEC, to try and keep people from abusing time travel. Uh, so he agrees to become a cop, but then the day on his first day... These, like, shady dudes show up and kill his wife and, like, blow up his home. Then we jump to 2004, and he's, like, a grizzled time cop vet. And he, like, ends up falling into this conspiracy where Ron Silver is playing this Senator Aaron McComb who's, like, trying to use time travel to, like, twist things in his favor and, like, get his funding so that he can become the president. And so he, like, goes back and gives his younger self, uh, like, tips or whatever and like changes like slight things in history so but also like you can't touch your past self because matter cannot occupy the same space or some shit so if you do you get like turn into this real fucked up blob and then die uh which we'll see later um 
But so like you can go into the past, and so like Jean Claude Van Damme ends up going to the past and like trying to stop the sin or whatever, and then they go to the future. He goes back to the future, two thousand four, and everybody is just acting like it's always this senator's always been the number one candidate and like his uh Bruce McGill, who's like Jean Claude Van Damme's like superior, who was also his like buddy, doesn't remember him anymore. And then I don't know. So I guess my main issue is I'll just jump to the so like the at the end after he like goes back in time again to like fix everything and he comes back and the world is how it is and he also he managed to save his wife and kid and they're all acting like this has been normal for the past 10 years like he's been there he's been a part of this family and everything but he doesn't have the memories of it because you know he went to the past saved his wife and they came right back 10 years later and he has to learn what's real and what's not in this but there was a version of him that lived through all of it so like did is he gonna get those memories do those like fold into his brain and he just has to unlock them or like is he taking the place of a Jean-Claude Van Damme that did live all of that and now there's just a 10-year gap in his life that everything is, like, slightly different. Like, he remembers, like, the horrible world without his wife, and now the version of him that lived with his wife is just zapped out of existence? Or am I think? I don't know. I was thinking too hard about it. It's not a great movie, regardless. You know, two and a half stars is what I'm going to give Time Cop. But yeah, I don't know. I was just so confused by that. Anyways, whatever. It's not worth <laughs> expending too much brain power on. Uh, next up, I watched... Point Blank from 1967 by John Borman. Uh, and this is an adaptation of Richard Stark's, one of Richard Stark's Parker novels with Lee Marvin playing uh, Parker. And I've never actually read any of the Parker novels. I've read the Darwin Cook comic book adaptations, which are fantastic. So I would like to read some of the books one day, but I was listening to a podcast or I saw something that brought up that this adaptation of one of his movies existed as a movie or one of his books. Whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, and so I like got it from the library. And uh, it's an interesting movie because those books, from what I get from the comics, it's just like straight up like crime, like 60s crime stuff. And like Parker is like this hard ass, um, which is true in this. And like Lee Marvin is perfect casting. Though in the movie they call him Walker because Richard Stark didn't want to Unless they were going to make an actual Parker series of movies, he didn't want them to call the main guy Parker. Uh, and it's a shame that they didn't just go with that and have Lee Marvin be Parker in like eight different movies. Because he's he really is perfect casting for this. It's great. And yeah, this is just a straight up like crime thing. Parker or Walker gets betrayed by his, uh, he's helping his friend like get some money from like a mafia drop. But then his friend turns on him and shoots him and takes the money and he thinks he killed him. But Parker survived. And then the rest of the movie is him trying to get his wife back and his money back. And, you know, and shit happens. And I thought this was going to be a much more, like, straightforward, you know, just old crime movie. But they do a lot of, like, weird art shit. There's a lot of, like, strange shots and, like, music choices. And there's, like, a lot of, there's, like, parts of the movie that feel like a fucking tone poem or something. Uh... Which, like, threw me off at first, because, like, there's a lot of these weird flourishes at the beginning. But once you, like, get used to it and, like, get into the rhythm, it's, uh, it's good. It's a great movie, so fucking four stars for Point Blank. Um, I just watched this on, like, a s slightly scratched DVD, library DVD. Only one scene was really effective, but it'd be cool to see, like, an actual, if there's, like, a Blu-ray, Blu-ray, uh, restoration or something. But, yeah, I don't know, it's a cool movie. There's a good, like, L.A. River scene. And you know I love some L.A. stuff. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I want to say more, but I can't remember. 
anything right now. So next movie. <laughs> uh, I watched Kroll from 1983 by Peter Yates. And this is a fun movie. It's like, it's not the strongest fantasy story. Uh, like the ending, the final battle isn't the best. Um, the beast, like bad guy that they face is kind of disappointing. He's gross looking, but he's kind of disappointing. They spend too much of the movie trying to solve the one problem of like searching, like knowing where the castle, where our uh, hero's new bride has been taken because this is like some weird like sci-fi fantasy where they're on some planet way off in the galaxy where there's a prophecy where a king and a queen will have a son who will rule the galaxy and the beast comes and kidnaps the queen so that uh he can stop the prophecy from coming true i guess i don't know also it's weird that this movie's called kroll because that's the name of the city but it feels so much more like it should be the name of someone in the movie like it should be the name of the bad guy or our hero or like this clave weapon that they uh is like the crux of the movie though it is weird that they call the main this Dusex machina weapon a glaive when it's like a weird like throwing star with blades that pop out of the out of the sides when like a glaive is an actual weapon that's like more like a spear sword blade thing i don't know it's weird, but it's a fun movie, and I really appreciated how hard they went with the production design. Like, they spent a lot of money on this. They used all of the studios at, like, Pinewood, which is where they, like, make... It's, like, the huge studios in the UK where they make uh, all the Bond movies. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of, like, fun sets and, like, design choices, and uh, and I, like... And we follow mostly, like, the king and, like, his old man, like advisor that comes to help him and then this like band of like bandits that like end up part of the team liam neeson's one of them and this like weird british comedian magician uh who joins them i don't know it's okay it's a fun little group and you end up becoming like pretty connected to them which is nice there's also a lot of uh fucking there's this character the cyclops and this hat this movie's like it feels like weird cyclops propaganda at some point because he's like the coolest strongest most useful character in the whole thing he just is constantly like killing people and helping people out and then like three different times in the movie he's like i'm gonna hang back and i'll see you guys later but then he like will run up and like save the day again like literally three times he does that in the movie and he like knows information that they need to like travel the long distance he knows where the fire mares are who can travel a thousand leagues in a day i don't know it's a lot of uh, very effective cyclops propaganda because you end up liking him a lot you know he might even be my my second favorite cyclops after scott but anyways um crawl four stars for crawl it's a fun movie definitely recommend it if you like fantasy like i don't think i like this as much as conan the barbarian but it's definitely better than conan the destroyer <laughs> i like how the conan movies are my only barometer of um what a fantasy movie should be anyways next up i watched fucking <sighs> above the law from 1988 this is uh steven seagal's first movie and where he plays fucking nick toscani who is an italian immigrant who came to chicago and but then he as a kid got obsessed with martial arts and so he went to japan to learn aikido and then some guy in the cia saw him be so good at aikido that he asked him to join like this secret ops team and then he fucking is in the cia for a while and then he fucking goes back to chicago and becomes a cop and i don't know this movie's a fucking mess i can't even remember I'm like even looking at the Wikipedia description right now and it's like he fights 
the mafia or a Salvadorian drug lord who's moving C4, but there's also like a whole plot about like a church that's hiding refugees and he helps them. I don't know, man. It's fucking... I don't know how anybody watched this movie and watched the scene where Steven Seagal is wearing like tight jeans and a tank top. So you just see this lanky weirdo like fight some dudes and then like you see him running and he has like the worst running form you've ever fucking seen. And he just is like lanky and skinny, has like no definition yet. He has this weird, awful hairline because he hasn't gotten enough money for like any type of hair plugs or anything yet. It's like uneven and like patchy at the front. It's weird. And like this movie was only made because he somehow had enough money to help co-produce it (laughs) i'm looking at it even in the poster they kind of like put a shadow over side of his head so you don't see the fucked up part of his hairline i don't know i just don't know how the fuck anyone (laughs) watched this and was like yeah we should totally let this dude be in a movie because he's so badass i don't fucking get it maybe it's the money thing i have no idea maybe people in the 80s were dumber um i don't know i'm giving two stars to above the law like there's some kind of fun stuff in there pam greer is in it uh as like his partner who thankfully she doesn't die they do still like have her almost die and use that as like one of his like reasons he needs to like help i don't know what's the word his motivation for saving the day but thankfully she doesn't actually die sharon stone's in this and she's like completely underutilized um i don't know fucking above the law two stars who gives a shit (laughs) and then uh last movie for for part one here uh, I watched The People Under the Stairs from 1991. Just finished watching this. Uh, it's by Wes Craven. Uh, and this is a fun one. It's a fun movie. It's like, there's some really, like, actually unsettling shit in here. So, like, this kid named Poindexter. Uh, he's a black kid who lives in, like, the ghetto, as they say in the movie. With his, like, sister Ruby, who does tarot cards. And since she does tarot cards, and I guess she draws the fool card for her brother a lot everybody just calls him fool in the neighborhood and so his mom has cancer has a tumor that she needs cut out and they're behind on rent they're about to get evicted so ving rames uh plays this guy who's like i guess a friend of the family friend of uh ruby takes fool the kid and said that he like robbed a liquor store and found a map to the people who own the liquor store who also own the building that this kid lives in finds out that they have like gold in their house they're gonna go rob the house and so they go and then it turns out that the people who own the house these landlords we learn way later that they're from a long line of like (laughs) funeral directors who got into real estate and they're like fucking insane and they have like a bunch of people like they've been like kidnapping kids to try and find like the perfect kid quote unquote and if they're not perfect they like disfigure them and throw them in the basement and so it becomes this like horror movie about fucking what these two psychos do to all these kids and these like and then our new kid fool who's trapped in there because like vin diesel quickly gets or vin diesel fucking vang rames quick quickly gets killed and then this kid like finds this girl alice who is like their daughter quote unquote uh and wants to help her and like there's some like just truly like weird and dark stuff like the way these this like couple who own the home which we learn later like actually brother and sister even though they call each other like mommy and daddy and act like parents it's very weird but yeah like the stuff that they like say they do to kids is like really unsettling this whole house is like really fucking creepy like the dad starts like running around shooting with a shotgun and he's like dressed in this full like fucking crazy gimp suit very unsettling but the whole movie kind of has like a light 80s comedy tone throughout the whole thing 
which makes it even more unsettling. I don't know. It's a weird movie, but it's like a fun time throughout. And then I do like that it has this whole like anti-landlord bend uh, throughout the whole thing. And it ends with like the whole community coming back to like help take these guys down, which is fun. I don't know. It's just a lot of wild shit. Though a lot of the movie is just our kid fool hiding in the walls while the dad runs around in his gimp suit firing a shotgun uh, into his own house, which like they must have done some amazing soundproofing. Uh, in that place for no one to hear in this neighborhood because it's like it's weird also that they like set up this family as like these like super rich people who own all these buildings but they just live in kind of like a kind of big house in a neighborhood like you think they would have like a big manor in their own like estate like away from people but whatever small nitpick it's a fun time i, I would definitely i'd recommend giving people under the stairs a watch uh give it three and a half stars be good for like if you're in, if you're in the mood for something like scary but not like too gross there's some gross stuff in here but not like you know not too scary whatever uh good movie might be the first Wes Craven movie I've ever watched it is wow yeah I've never watched any of the screams or Nightmare on Elm Street hmm anyways that's it for uh for for tonight I'll probably record some more tomorrow yeah I'll be back in a minute okay hey guys it's uh Wednesday. Feels like it's been a long day. I don't know. Another day where just me alone uh, in the apartment. And like, I just feel like I have this nagging sense in the back of my head that I should be doing more with this time completely to myself. But I don't even know what that means. Like what? I don't know why I have that feeling, but it's there and it's like been itching at the back of my head. I don't know. I did what I usually do. I, uh, I woke up pretty early at like seven on my own, uh, did some light dusting. I locked myself out of the apartment this morning. I went to go, I was going to go throw away some cardboard boxes that had been piling up and like move my car. But as I was leaving the house, I was too focused on, it was like a weird, the boxes were like hard to carry. So I was like focusing on like being able to carry all the boxes and I forgot to grab my keys and I opened the uh then when I closed the door I locked it on instinct and I didn't realize I didn't have my keys until like I was out there throwing the stuff away and of course I do this while Dexter is gone so I can't rely on him though he would have been at work anyway so it would have been fucked regardless thankfully the manager uh lives next door I had to call her like twice probably woke her up uh to get her to give me the key to get back in but uh that was exciting <laughs> uh this morning and I went to the comic book shop. It was a heavy week. I got like 13 books this week. I got through like half of them. I'll talk about those in a second. Uh, I got a, a boombox. I ordered a little Sony boombox in the mail. Or from It's been like a little adventure getting this fucking thing. Because I tried to order... So I guess backing, backing up a little bit more. I've been... I've bought a few cassette tapes from bands. Just mainly to like support them. I thought it'd be fun to have. And so uh, I have like a little pile of like black metal tapes and i've been trying to like three times now i've tried to get like a little walkman to uh to listen to these on i've got like a couple old ones off of ebay but they both like didn't work properly and then i even got like a new one from amazon and that one like started playing tape slow by the time i got to the second fucking tape and so i just uh i decided to order this little sony boombox i thought that i heard was good good enough and like at first i ordered it from amazon last week and then it got lost and so i had to get a refund and then uh I ordered it again uh, from Walmart because I was going to go pick it up 
from Walmart because it said I was in stock at the Burbank store, but then I saw that it's free shipping, free like one day shipping. Uh, so I was like, fuck it. And I just ordered it because I wasn't going to be in Burbank till Thursday. Um, well, that was before my shift got canceled for tomorrow. Anyways, I ordered on Tuesday and it was said I was supposed to get here or I ordered on Monday and I said I was supposed to get here yesterday, but then it wasn't. I was worried that this one was also going to get lost, but no, I got here this morning. Uh, and it's like nice and kind of small. It fits on my desk, which is nice. Uh, and yeah, and then today I just spent most of the day just like reading comics and listening to these little black metal tapes. The sound quality kind of sucks, but that's what that's what you expect from this experience, right? I don't know. It's kind of silly, but uh, it's kind of fun to play cassettes again. And now, because of course I needed another physical thing to collect, I keep like looking up more tapes online. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be buying a uh, cassette of Metallica's Reload off of eBay any second now. <laughs> um, but anyways, that would be a good segue to talk about the comics that I read while listening to these tapes today. But, uh, I just, I have no good segue and I just want to talk about like, you know, like my body is always falling apart and like now I feel like pretty good and like I got, I feel like I got the whole chest thing figured out that was bothering me, but now my feet just always something is wrong. My feet have been hurting so bad lately. And I guess it's just from being on like on my feet more than usual. But like, I don't know, I need to figure it out. I bought like insoles, the ones that say they're like for plantar fasciitis or however the fuck you say that. And I think that's the issue. So hopefully the, these help. But man, it's just fucking brutal. My like, I get these sharp pains in my arches and like my heel, my left heel hurts so bad. Sucks, man. Anyways, comics. Like I said, it was a heavy week. I didn't get through all of them, but uh, got through a good handful. Batman Beyond the White Knight 2 by Sean Gordon Murphy, and this was fun. At the end of the first one, they like had this reveal that, because this is an alternate reality Batman, where this Batman is now old, and he like, and the Joker died a couple miniseries ago. Then the last page, the Joker showed up, or Jack, Joker without the makeup and stuff showed up then this issue revealed that he's actually like an ai inside batman's head that joker put there years ago and it like just got activated uh which isn't what i was expecting but it's kind of a fun twist i think i like it yeah and then we get then i read um punisher number two this is jason aaron's current run where punisher is like become a assassin for the hand are they like recruited him they think that he's like the saint of killers or like the king of killers or some shit uh it's a pretty cool story though jason aaron is doing something weird he's like showing the punisher as like a 12 year old he's like this like young kid who's like getting in trouble for like getting in fights he's wearing a captain america shirt which is a nice touch like they've long said that steve rogers is one of frank castle's heroes um but then they also show that like the hand has been interested in frank castle since he was a kid which makes sense i guess because the hand is like a global network of ninjas who have their fingers everywhere and i guess if this woman who's been looking to america for the next killer is like looking for young people who seem like they're gonna become great murderers the punisher would be on their radar but i don't know i don't know how much i like jason aaron making this lore for uh for frank castle it just feels wrong to see him to see any stories with frank castle before like vietnam or like whatever war it is that like turned him into the punisher um i don't know it just feels it feels weird i like what he's doing but it it just feels wrong 
You know what I mean? They also show like young Punisher kids like notebooks and like stuff and he has like these pages with like doodles on them and like different skull designs and like of him like narrowing down the like Punisher skull design, which makes sense. Like, cause you know, he definitely did have to think of that logo himself, but it's, it, you know, it's just weird and funny to think of a young Punisher drawing skulls wearing his Captain America shirt, you know, new issue of Sokka came out. Um, you know, that's always great. Not much to say there. Uh, new issue of Thor. This was like an anniversary issue. So it was like oversized and had a bunch of like stories from creators, uh, in the past from like different eras of Thor. And there was one from... The run back in like 2006, 2005, J. Michael Straczynski and Olivier Coppel's, uh story back. That's like whenever I first fell in love with Thor. So it was cool to see uh, another story like set in that era of Thor. I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> it's funny. Whenever I do these little comic reviews, I imagine I'm like telling them to someone who doesn't read comics every time I do this. So it always makes me feel like a little embarrassed and also like everything I'm saying is stupid. And so I just need to move on, which may be the truth, but I don't know, whatever. Um, and I did watch one movie today. Just finished it. I watched a uh, silver bullet from 1985, uh, werewolf movie based off a Sting Stephen King story with Gary Busey and, uh, Corey Haim in it. And also Everett McGill, who was in uh, The People Under the Stairs. He was like the the bad guy in that, which is funny because in that one he played like a, a religious guy who was evil. And in this one he plays a reverend who turns out to be the werewolf. Spoilers. Um, and it's funny. He's definitely a lot scarier whenever he's not uh, a werewolf. He's a lot more menacing when you can actually like see his face. And like the fact that he's like a priest makes it a little scarier. Also, apparently Stephen King requested the werewolf to look plain and not as like crazy and scary as uh other werewolf movies of the time but it just kind of makes it look boring and like it's just kind of like a black mass so like it says like in the imdb they also mentioned it like kind of looks like a bear but yeah i don't know it's just not as impressive and then when you finally like see the werewolf's face it kind of looks like uh the way a wolf would look if it if it had the teenage mutant ninja turtles ooze you know like that kind of uh, outfit and anim animatronic face so you know not the scariest not the most effective but that's like a, it's honestly like kind of a small part of the movie um but you know that aside like and also like our three heroes are cool like Corey Haim uh plays this little kid Marty uh who was paralyzed I can't remember why or how but he's paralyzed and he like rides around in these motorized wheelchairs that his uncle Gary Busey makes for him and they call his wheelchairs the silver bullet like the first one's just kind of like a go-kart with like handles on the side of a regular wheelchair and then the second one is like a full-on like motorcycle with the wheelchair seat uh it's pretty sweet those are pretty cool and then his sister Jane who's like the kind of like older teenage sister who is annoyed by her little brother but then they come together to fight the werewolf and she's good too I like her a lot and Gary Busey is like he's like not quite uh f full on Busey yet in this movie he's still got a little bit of that like wild in his eyes but he's mostly like kind of normal and like makes sense as a kind of down on his lunk down on his lunk down on his luck uh uncle for the for Corey Haim and yeah I don't know all in all it's a fun fun time nice little werewolf movie the silver bullet theme 
with the wheelchairs and them actually making a silver bullet and that's fun and they make a silver bullet out of like the pendants that the kids have uh i don't know it's just a it's a nice little it's a fun little horror movie if you want something like for your your horror needs whatever um three and a half stars <laughs> for silver bullet uh and that's it for today i'll probably record a little bit more tomorrow also talk about the rest of the comics i bought and one or two more movies we'll see how much more i got in me for the next 24 hours or so all right be back in a little bit okay hey guys uh again it's thursday and thursday night 10 40 p.m i meant to record this earlier but of course just my day didn't uh go the way i planned it <laughs> i like woke up at like nine a little later than i wanted to and i hung around the house and like read didn't read as much as i wanted to of course uh and then like my plan for the whole day was to finish because i started watching my movie last night and i went to sleep and i was going to finish it after i had like an early dinner and then record but i fell asleep I took a nap at like 4.30 that ended up being like a two-hour nap. Then I woke up at like 6.30 with just like awful <laughs> stomach cramps. I don't know exactly what caused it, but I felt like shit. I even like went for a little walk, went to the, got into the grocery store, and then like my stomach started hurting again so bad I couldn't think. That makes it sound worse than it was. I was just uncomfortable, and I was like, I just need to go home. So I went home. <laughs> <laughs> and use the restroom again uh and then i drove to a different uh grocery store which i'm kind of glad i went out there because i like that grocery store better but also meant that i had to give up my good parking spot that i had so now i'm gonna have to wake up and move my car at like 10 a.m tomorrow annoying just very annoying <laughs> how everything uh played out this evening i did realize my one my main indulgence that i've been allowing myself since dexter's out of town is letting dishes pile up in the sink because Dexter is like a real weird stickler for like washing things as soon as possible. I guess it's like one of his pet peeves or whatever. So I always like wash stuff as soon as I'm done eating or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've just been letting them pile up a little bit. Not getting like gross, but uh, is it like a little annoying to wash a bunch of dishes at once? Yeah, maybe. But it's also nice to not have to care about it right away. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's see. Any of the comics I read today worth talking about? There's a new Amazing Spider-Man number one, which like I usually don't buy Spider-Man. It's not ever my pull list because it's a fucking three times a month book, which is just ridiculous. And also John Romita Jr. is doing the art now for this new run, and he is not my favorite. But there's a there was a cool variant of uh, Mary Jane in the Spider-Man suit. And so I was like, alright, I'll get it for that cover. And I read it, and it's fine. Apparently, I've been seeing on Twitter that a bunch of people are, like, mad about this Amazing Spider-Man number one. I'm guessing it's because they do, like, they, like, show, like, a huge, like, Spider-Man in the middle of a big explosion, and then we jump six months, and then, like, his life is kind of in the shitter and, like, you know, down on his luck like Peter Parker usually is. But I think everyone's mad because at the end of the issue, they reveal that Mary Jane is, like, dating uh, two other or two other she's dating another guy and then two kids like run in and call her mommy she has to be like a stepmom to these kids unless there's some weird thing that i missed but i think everyone's just mad that they're trying to separate peter and mary jane again uh but whatever i don't care 
that much. You always know they're going to come back together at some point. Though it would be cool if they did a turn where Peter had like a prolonged relationship with Black Cat. I always liked him and Black Cat together. Anyways, it was a fine comic. And yeah, that's all that's worth talking about there. So we'll just go to my last movie for the week. I watched In the Line of Fire from 1993 with Clint Eastwood and John Malkovich and Rene Russo. Uh, and I liked this a lot. This was a great time. It was a lot of fun. Clint Eastwood's playing an old uh, Secret Service agent who's been with the Secret Service since, like, Kennedy. He was there for Kennedy's assassination. And John Malkovich is playing this uh, ex-CIA uh, assassin who wants to kill the president for no, like, good reason. I think just so, I don't know, because he can. Uh, And so the whole movie is just a cat and mouse between them two, and it's a great time. It's fucking, they're both fantastic performances from both of them, and, like, seeing them play off of each other is great. You get a lot of great, like, antagonistic phone calls between the two. And, yeah, and, like, you know, John Malkovich is menacing and believable as a very smart, uh, insane guy. And then Clint Eastwood... You know, it's just, I always feel like I shouldn't like him, but I do every time. He's always, he's always fucking great to watch. It's a lot of fun. He, this character feels more real than a lot of his characters. He's still like an old hard ass who's like way too good at his job. But like, I don't know. He has some, some nice human moments in this. He even pulls off, I think, they, they try to do, they do like a romance between him and Rene Russo, which, you know, Honey Swift's a very old man in this, but also she's like, 40 and she plays a a fellow secret service agent i think if you're like a 40 year old woman who is in a government agency like this and she's not married i could totally see her being charmed by the old dude in her department i don't know it's not like it's a little egregious with the age gap but it's not the most ridiculous movie age gap (laughs) romance that we've seen eastwood also has a good like monologue where he gets all choked up and teary-eyed thinking about how He didn't react whenever Kennedy got shot the first time and like thinking about what he could have done to save him, you know, and just like how he's carried that regret for his whole life, which I find interesting because this is the first movie apparent according to IMDb like five different times. Uh, It's the first movie made in with complete cooperation from the Secret Service. Which is funny because I I've mentioned it, I think, on one of the podcasts last year, but my current favorite conspiracy theory uh for how jfk got assassinated is that lee harvey oswald took the first shot and then the second shot the like mystery bullet that everyone like theorizes about or whatever the fuck was a secret service agent who was riding on the boards in the car behind him and whenever a car like stopped suddenly and the guy like was to a trigger and accidentally fired and he shoots the president so it's a secret service agent's bullet that killed kennedy and i fully i think that's it I've heard other people describe it much better than I just did. There's even, like, record of Lyndon B. Johnson and whenever he took over for Kennedy, like, not wanting to be around the Secret Service and him being like, get them the fuck away from me, they're gonna fucking kill me, like, saying shit like that. So, it's funny that they make this movie, the Secret Service wants to help them because it's about a Secret Service agent who, like, wished they could have reacted better and then ultimately redeems himself by saving the president uh and also showing how hard that they work to protect the president so there might be something there there might be a little bit of a pr move by the secret service in helping with this movie (laughs) but anyways like i said it's a you're just watching two good actors have a fun time and it's a pretty well-written game whatever four stars for in the line of fire and yeah that's uh i think that's it 
for for this week and for this episode of Consume. Again, I've been Bert and Olivier at BertZor on everything. If you have any questions, comments, or recommendations. Uh, and until next week, it's time I disappear.